You're listening to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me, as my desire is that each podcast speaks to your heart while answering your prayers in the most remarkable way. While we may not openly admit, many of us have prayed asking the Lord to save us, not from others, but from ourselves. Unsure what awaits us or what to do, knowing that we are powerless to save ourselves. No matter how many promises, no matter the desperation of our resolve, we find ourselves helpless of escaping the very thing or things that await us. How great our Savior must be. We often discover that no matter how insurmountable the hindrance, the weight or the obstacle may be, it has less to do with life's outward influences, but the uneasiness, the ongoing press upon us as we wrestle within the depths of our hearts. Constantly hidden behind the pleasurable faces that we adorn each day. As my sister would often quote and tease, you're in the jam now. I read a quote that suggests the difference while similar in context between a trial and temptation. Temptation is to do this pleasant thing and do not let yourself be hindered by the fact that it is wrong. Whereas a trial says do this good and noble thing and do not let yourself be hindered by the fact that it may often be painful. As a young Christian, I believed that I was both untouchable and invincible, not in an arrogant way, but because that is how I understood what was preached to me and the power of God's ability to deliver me from whatever it is I faced. I believe that whatever I faced, I could just as easily back away from praying. Lord, just this once, just one more time. It was not that the word had now become void or the power thereof had departed, but my still limited understanding of how the power of God's word works in and through his people. I was not fully prepared to fight against what awaited me. How often have I prayed, Lord, it's me, but for the same thing. The power of deliverance and salvation does not rest in my own might, nor in the abilities of my own hands. Today's podcast is titled, Lurking at the Door. Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 13 tell us, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, 
all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou should dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed him for a season. Just for a season. There are so many things that dwell at the doorstep of our lives. The press of desires to impress, accomplish, and achieve and the forever presence of a past we are unable to free ourselves from. One that is more like a millstone about our neck rather than an aiding reminder of what God has delivered and brought us from. One of those things that lurks constantly at the door is temptation. And while it is not specifically sin, it is a close relation because it serves as sin's incubator, its conception. Scripture asks in Proverbs 6, verses 27 and 28, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon the hot coals and his feet not be burned? The answer is a very definitive no. None of us are beyond tempting, and we all have been in some form of fashion. If there are those that would say they have not, then I would prefer to Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus was tempted in all manner in every way, and yet God provides a way of escape for us, a way to circumvent the very thing that will cause us irreparable harm. And for so many, leave them no way of escape because of its permanence in our lives, its persistence to hound us day after day after day. The gulf is great, and God seems so far away in the agony of our yearning seems to go unheard. Temptation realized and acted upon can cause the greatest suffering, every means of despair, and a falling away from that we desperately need the most. Temptation does not immediately lead to destruction, but the invitation, the welcoming it in slowly does. Do we recognize its knock, often saying to oneself, I've heard that before. 
like the test you have taken more than a hundred times and no matter how well you believe we did, it comes around repeatedly over and over again, the take once again. They are often the things that allow us the greatest benefit and pique our curiosity, giving immediate gratification to our natural senses, what we can see and hear, taste and smell, or even touch. No matter how we define them or downplay their influence, we very soon realize it is much easier to get into something than it is to escape its grasp. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 7 through 9. Thus, if it, it being temptation, takes root, it sows the seeds of sin. It impacts the whole of us, the entirety of who it is we are. We can't compartmentalize it or restrict it from the most protected areas of our lives. It lurks at the doorway, not requiring a full opening, but simply a fault, a flaw, or the smallest of gaps. That even when finding a house swept clean and garnished, it immediately strips away the glory that God has poured within us. I'm not referring to the image we often portray or believe to be so or want others to see. But when God seeks us out, he calls unto us as he did with Adam and he inquires, what have you done? But we cannot be as he by placing blame elsewhere. But accept that which has suddenly befallen us. It sounds simplistic enough, but it is not. It is quite like the revolving door that turns and turns, and yet always returns to where it started, leaving us to wonder how and why. The more we wrestle to be free like the coils of a constrictor, they squeeze tighter and tighter as we struggle to breathe and exhale in desperation. There is a razor-thin line between fire providing warmth and setting the entire house ablaze. Such is the beginning and the latter end of temptation. We all have in our own minds a preconceived idea of what temptation is and is not. And most often our default is that of a man being tempted or seduced by a woman, or vice versa, a woman being likewise. But its context is much broader because the narrative and the scope is not that narrowly defined. God's most chosen people were tempted in the areas of their life. They were most vulnerable. God is not the tempter, but tries the reins of our soul unto righteousness. James 1 begins by telling us in verses 2 through 4 and verse 12, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, 
that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And the latter verses are 13 and 17, which tell us, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when a lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Therefore, we should not feel alone in our endeavor, our desire to walk uprightly before God, knowing that he alone is able to deliver us from temptation and the consequences of sin. As Jesus said, teaching his disciples to pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. We cannot deliver ourselves. It took a blameless sacrifice to do that. One without blemish that came into the world, seeking not his own, but meeting the needs of all who cry out, saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. May we not live in fear of the things that tempt us, but rather understand in them all God has provided a way of escape. We may have to fight. We may have to wrestle. But it is as the scripture suggests, but for a season. Thank you once more for listening. If you like what you have heard, please subscribe or leave a comment on the Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, or Overcast podcast platforms. Or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. Also, Perspectives has a YouTube channel. You can access it by simply typing the word Perspectives. And my name, David C. Howard. Please join me next week. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.